Can you see my papers? All right. Well, good morning, uh, Journey class. Steve Fleischman coming to you here uh, from my home this morning. Angie and I are uh, kind of self-isolated or quarantined, and uh, you probably are too. But anyway, you can watch our class in your pajamas this morning, and uh, you have no excuse for being late because we're coming to you live in your own home. So anyway, uh, we had a couple last-minute things to do, so apologize for being a minute or two late. But I do have some announcements. and uh, hi, Aminta. I know you waved at me last week, so I'm just going to wave back at you right now and uh, to everybody else. So let me just go through a couple of announcements here. Last week, we had uh, our first live video, video uh, and, and, and uh, Pat Lee and Jim and I did something on Tuesday night as well. So this is like my uh, third attempt to do uh, live streaming. I'm still not comfortable in front of a camera, but... Anyway, uh, if you want to just sit back, uh, grab your Bible and some coffee, uh, just enjoy this morning from home. I think last week we ended up having 11 people in our classroom and uh, 10 or 11 uh, live as well. So I think we had, you know, close to 20 people. Uh, So my plan is to teach uh, today and next week, and then we may, uh, Pat Lee and uh, Jim Stovall and I will... Uh, be bringing you some teaching, but uh, for these next couple of weeks, I wanted to come to you as our our journey pastor, <clears throat> and uh, hopefully uh, hear things directly from me. I have a couple of good announcements. Uh, Zach Murray, if you're watching, happy belated birthday! Zach Murray turned 26 yesterday. Gosh, uh, I'm a, I'm over twice as old as you, Zach. So I told him. Uh, Hopefully he has 74 more. We wanted him to get to 100. Uh, Also, a a good testimony. And if if you have a testimony uh, from these uh, difficult times through the COVID-19 coronavirus, if you would uh, send them to me or call me and let me know just some good things, we want to encourage one another. And so Tom Merritt did that yesterday with me. Tom is uh, working hard as a landscaper and uh, starting to lawn mow for a, a company, and he's a supervisor with them now, and so he's doing well, but uh, on the weekend, he, yesterday, on Saturday, he caught a plumbing job, and he made a little extra money, and so uh, Tom has been tight on cash, and so he just really thought it was a blessing, even though he was tired from the week work, to uh, get out and do some plumbing and make some extra money. And he's just really praising God, and I asked him if I could share that with you, and he said he, he would uh, be glad to. He wants to give glory to the Lord as well. And uh, one more praise. Uh, Rich Hayes let me know yesterday that uh, he has eight months clean and sober. Uh, Rich is living in the Joshua house, and uh, he's been there for almost eight months, I guess, but he is eight months clean and sober, and so... Uh, Let's give a uh, round of applause. I don't know if you, uh, Rich, I think Kevin and Rich are having a Bible study this morning at the Joshua House, so he may not be listening live, but congratulate him when you have a chance. So here are some uh, HBF announcements from our church. And uh, Angie, I'll have you get me a cup of water uh, when you get a chance. Uh, So just some announcements from church. The Lord's Supper tonight is canceled. You probably already heard that. We were intending to do it uh, 
in the church parking lot, but we have uh, decided we just want to be completely blameless. And uh, if someone were to get uh, the virus and uh, would potentially blame us, then we, we just decided to cancel it. So uh, anyway, uh, we are going to live stream uh, tonight's Sunday night service. Brian's calling it Sunday Night Live. And so uh, you, you could watch that uh, online as well. We're, we're going uh, to give you a link uh, before the end of my broadcast here. Uh, we're going to post it on our Journey class webpage to, uh, so you can see uh, the worship service live feed. And if, if you miss my message or Brian's message or uh, maybe you're in a different Bible hour, uh, the, our church has a, on the web, on the webpage, hbfcast.org, it has a uh, section called Weekly Reflection. And I just looked at it this morning and you can see all the Bible hours messages, the uh, Sunday morning message as well as the Sunday night and Wednesday night messages. So, uh, if that's something that interests you and uh, maybe you can't catch something live, I know uh, one of our members doesn't have good Wi-Fi where he's at, so he can't see me right now, but he's hoping to catch it tomorrow. So so maybe that's an option for you. Um, I wanted to make mention about uh, your tithes and offerings. Since we're not uh, obviously taking up a collection, uh, we're hoping that uh, just online giving will increase. And uh, really, the other option is to mail your, uh, if you still use a, a just a check, or uh, I don't really recommend mailing cash, but uh, anyway, you can mail your tithes and offerings. We, we still have uh, expenses at church, the, uh, the salaries, the church uh, building payment, our missionaries, they depend on our tithes and offerings, so uh, please, please give. I think uh, if you have keys to the building, I suppose you could still walk in and drop it off. Uh, we, we don't have an outside deposit yet, but that that may be coming. So anyway, just wanted to mention that. Uh, also wanted to mention that Vacation Bible School is still on. I think you're going to see something from uh, Chris and Lauren Cohen this week. Uh, Chris will have some type of announcement to help uh, rally us to uh, for the Vacation Bible School. I think it's in June, uh, maybe July. I'm not sure the dates right now. Uh, Brian Hedges said, even if you don't have children in the Kingdom Seekers ministry, he, he recommended checking out the Kingdom Seekers Facebook page. He said there's just really some uh, cute uh, stories, and I think you can see some of our children on there, so check that out. I have not done that yet. And then uh, two more things. Uh, Pastor Brian really encouraged us to uh, reach out to others, uh, not, even, not only just in our own uh, Bible Hour, I know I texted or called a few of you yesterday, but uh, please do that with others. Help help care for one another. See if they have needs. Uh, only about half of our church are in Bible hours, so that means a uh, hundred people or so uh, that are members are not connected to a Bible hour, and uh, that's unfortunate. So help me uh, reach some of those folks as well as our own, and uh, let me know or let Pastor Brian know or let our deacons know if there's a need, uh, if someone has, I mean, cars are still breaking down and and uh, houses still need work and uh, different things. So if you know someone that has a need, just let me know uh, or let uh, 
our deacon know. And then lastly, we just want to uh, pray right now for uh, all that are in authority, for uh, you know first responders, for hospitals, those in the healthcare industry. Uh, they're really working long hours and uh, there was one more section here. Oh, uh, Brian just said, uh, let's pray for other churches. Churches are really still uh, God's institution, His ordained institution, uh, the family, the church, and the government. So we want to pray for other churches that the needs of the American people are being met at this time of this national emergency. <clears throat> and so uh, if you have a prayer request, uh, I'm going to have Angie just look at the phone right now. See if there's any prayer requests. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer before we start our Bible study this morning. And uh, one one prayer request, uh, some of you may know Holly Hoover's mother died. Her name was, uh, oh, what was her mom? Bonnie, right. So I texted Holly yesterday and she was really thankful to hear from me. And so uh, Bonnie is a believer. She was a believer and she's with the Lord now. So Holly is comforted by that, and I wanted to let you know that uh, James Horton is in the hospital again. Uh, I texted him this morning. I haven't heard back, so uh, we want to pray for our brother James. So let's uh, do go to the Lord in prayer right now, and if you send in any uh, prayer requests uh, before the end of the time, we'll pray at the end. So uh, let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, we come to you the, on this uh Sunday morning, this first day of the week, as you uh, rose from the dead and as we uh, think about Easter right around the corner, we just want to lift up uh, our brother James Horton as he's hospitalized right now. And Father, we pray you'll be with Michelle and the girls as they uh, are concerned for their dad and husband there. We pray that James can be restored to health and his body be made whole and he can uh, live a, a long life and have length of days. Help him to finish his course and just uh, be with him right now as he's uh, bedfast. And uh, Lord, uh, for uh, Holly Hoover, she's mourning the loss of her mother, Bonnie. We pray for uh, all of Bonnie's family, that the survivors. And uh, Lord, we just pray your Holy Spirit will comfort them at this time. And uh, Lord, we do pray for our nation. Uh, I think there's over 100,000 cases of the coronavirus now and so lord we uh pray for our first responders our policemen our our uh, hospital workers our doctors and nurses our uh, medical physicians lord we just lift them up to you and uh, lord we pray for our churches as they are trying to meet virtually this morning and lord it's uh, uh, we're not able to meet together in person so there's just a disconnect so we pray lord you'll keep churches connected We pray for uh, my class, Lord, as they uh, serve you in these last days. And so, Lord, uh, just bless our time as we uh, study discipleship this morning. And uh, we do want to praise you for Rich Hayes' good news of remaining clean and sober for eight months. I praise you for that and just uh, all the many things you do for us. Lord, we love you and praise you. Uh, Meet with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, well, uh, Brother Jim uh, put uh, my handout today online, so you can see that, and there's a question at the very first, and the question is, 
what do you get when you squeeze a lemon? And uh, the obvious answer is you get lemonade or you get the juices. But um, I forget exactly the time frame. I think it was in the 80s when there was uh, some criminal that was injecting fruit with like dangerous poison and people were dying from eating fruit or something like that. So in light of that, when you squeeze a juice, when you squeeze a, squeeze a lemon, you get whatever's inside. And uh, as we, you know, think about this coronavirus, and I think about the different reactions that I see. I mean, Brian says people are uh, some are frustrated, some are fearful. Those are uh, some have peace, some have panic. So there's kind of both end of the spectrum there, and. Uh, I know uh, probably all of you have read the book of Revelation, and there there's a place in Revelation where it says that, uh, you know, there's all these plagues on the earth and uh, all these terrible things happening. And then it, it goes on to say, yet men repented not. Uh, and I can't remember exactly what it says. Uh, you know, they continued doing uh, murders and terrible things. And so in spite of just the catastrophes going on in the earth, they repented not. And so uh, I gave you a verse on the handout. I'll just read it from Revelation uh, 20. Let's see, it's uh, Revelation 22:11. It says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And so I, I left you a blank there. I don't know if you can print it out and fill it in or if you want to write it on a scratch piece of paper. But my key thought this morning is that trials do not necessarily build character, but they reveal character. So reveal is what goes in your blank. And so that that's what we're seeing. I, I've known people who have lost loved ones. And some of them just get angry with God. They're so angry. God, why did you take my loved one from me? And they have this big why question and doubt question. And and I and yet I've had others that uh, you know get cancer and uh, they praise the Lord for cancer because God used that to bring them to Him. And uh, so just uh, both ends of the spectrum. So typically. I'm not saying always that trials don't produce character because they, they can bring us about change. Uh, I know for me, just going broke farming and hitting bottom, that brought about change. It it didn't just reveal, but it, it made me search for the Lord. So uh, just a few thoughts on the coronavirus. We are in day 13 of the government. I forget exactly how they say it. They They said 15 days to... Uh, stop the coronavirus, 15 days to self-isolate and quarantine. And so uh, I think Tuesday will be day 15. And uh, it looks like it's probably going to be longer than that. But uh, right now, I heard that there's over 100,000 cases of coronavirus. We are now leading the world in number of, uh, of, uh, I guess, uh, cases of the virus. And... uh, I forget how many deaths. It's it's close to two thousand now. I'm guessing, uh, but it doesn't it doesn't affect just uh, a certain class of people or a race of people. 
it's really from uh, the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top, the whole range. Uh, and uh, t- two notable cases this week, uh, Prince Charles, uh, I think he's of, of Wales, he has the COVID-19 and uh, other celebrities have it. Uh, there's professional athletes that have it, so all our sporting events are closed. And uh, the new British Prime Minister, he, he became uh, Boris Johnson. He has the coronavirus, and he's self-isolating right now. He uh, got elected back uh, July of 19, and uh, the first royal death has occurred because of coronavirus. It's uh, Spain's Maria Theresa de Bourdon Pharma, Parma. She was 86, and she is the cousin of Spain's King Felipe IV. So uh, anyway, it, it's all ends of the of spectrum. Um, but I did hear that uh, there's only six confirmed cases in Cass County. So we are uh, probably one of the least affected counties. Um, and uh, to my knowledge, no one in our congregation has uh, gotten it. And that, that is actually my prayer, is that no one in our church uh, gets it. And my, my verse, I don't know if you have the handout, it's Deuteronomy 23 and verse 5. It says, Nevertheless, the Lord God, or thy God, would not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. And we know the Lord loves us. And uh, even if we get the coronavirus, I pray that he will turn that curse into a blessing as he did for his people Israel when uh, Balak uh, tried to get Balaam to curse God's people. God turned the curse into a blessing. And so that's uh, kind of my verse. So now, let me get to uh, our lesson today. I want to talk to you about discipleship. And it We've, uh, we've talked for three months about missions. We've talked about our missionaries uh, are supported as well as are uh, approved. And so January, February, and almost all of March, we've talked about missions and missionaries. And we've had uh, two or three uh, missionaries speak to us. And uh, we may again as the year goes on. But uh, we're going to kind of switch gears and talk about discipleship. And uh, these are not separate things. Uh, uh, you know, focusing on missions, we should be focused on discipleship. And uh, I don't know if you uh, really uh, remember our class goal is to be established. Our goal for our class is to become established. And uh, I'll just read you the verses. It's in Romans uh, chapter 1, verses uh, 11 and 12. Paul says to the Romans, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end. In other words, the objective is that ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith of uh, both of you and me. So Paul's goal for the churches at Rome were that they become established. And uh, we do that through discipleship. Um, Now, I'm going to give you a quote uh, I gave you the guy's name on the on your handout. He's a noted historian called Thomas C. Reeves. Yeah, I don't know if I told you the blank. The blank is established. Um, 
So here's Thomas, this historian's uh, quote, who uh, he was for many years, he was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, Parkside. This is what he wrote. He said, Christianity in modern America is in large part innocuous. And I'm going to give you a definition for innocuous. It tends to be easy, upbeat, convenient, and compatible. It does not require self-sacrifice, discipline, humility, and otherworldly outlook, a zeal for souls, a fear as well as love of God. God did not save us solely so that we could go to heaven. He calls and commands us to have an impact here on earth as well. When we trade the shame of the cross for Christ, uh, of Christ, for the plaudits and acceptance of men, we have forfeited the power to shake the world. Far better to be despised and even persecuted than to live a life without making a difference for God. And we want to make a difference in these last days for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Right where you're at. Can you say amen? Amen. So this word innocuous, uh, when I was a boy, uh, before we had uh, these big no-till planters and four-wheel drive tractors, uh, we had a little four-row planter. It was a pioneer planter. And uh, I would help uh, fill the, the planter with uh, bags of soybeans. And uh, my dad would uh, very meticulous about uh, how the soil is prepared. And he would be checking the planter and making sure nothing was plugged up. And I would be filling the, the little uh, vessels with seed. And uh, after we filled them, he would have us put a little bag of inoculation. It was called that. It was inoculation. I don't know if they do it differently now. Uh, but we would put inoculation on top of each uh, little vessel. And uh, that would help protect the seed in the ground if it had a little bit of inoculation. It, and so here's, here's the definition of innocuous. It uh, means not harmful or injurious. It means it's harmless. It's not likely to irritate or offend. It's not interesting, stimulating, or significant. And so uh, Christianity has become that, unfortunately, uh, kind of watered down, not too radical, not too uh, harmful or injurious, or we don't want to offend anyone. And, and so uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, but when... Uh, Pradeep Lima came to our church from India uh, probably three, maybe four years ago now. And he, he spoke a message on sacrifice. And I'll never forget, as I'm sitting there, I had just been to India myself a few months earlier, and uh, I knew that uh, him and his people had been persecuted. Uh, many of his pastor boys had been uh, imprisoned or had their life uh, threatened. And uh, for him to come and talk to us about sacrifice, it was very surreal because I feel like his message just kind of went over a lot of our heads, uh, myself included. Uh, we don't really know what it means to sacrifice many times. Some of us do, and, and forgive me if I'm offending you for saying that, but... Uh, Nevertheless, uh, for the most part, that is 
the state of the American church. And so as we study about discipleship now, uh, just keep in mind it's going to cost us something. We are to count the cost. Christ is worthy. I forget the quote uh, of the guy who said, uh, we can't gain salvation by crawling around the whole world on glass, but if we could, it would be worth it. And I just thought that was an interesting quote. So, uh, be turning to John chapter 8, and uh, verse 31 and 32, and I'll let you get a drink of your uh, beverage as I look at John 8, 31 and 32. <clears throat> And let's uh, let's read that together. Normally I would have somebody read it, but I'm going to read it now. Uh, <clears throat> John 8 and 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, uh, we're often familiar with 832, the truth will make you free, and we use that in our recovery group a lot. But the verse before it, Jesus is speaking to them who believed on him, and he says, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples. And so Jesus makes a a difference between believers and disciples. And I want to make that distinction for you right now. Can anyone guess... How many times the word uh, people are referred to as believers in the Bible? <clears throat> I, I left you a blank there. And I don't know if anybody's uh, texted in or not. How many times do you think the word believer is mentioned in the Bible? Uh, somebody becomes a believer, or they're called believers. So I know there's a little bit of delay in the uh, the live stream here, but uh, you might be surprised. It's only two times. Only two times are people referred to believers. We we know that we're uh, asked to believe, and as many as uh, believe receive him, and uh, even them to believe on his name. So we are certainly to believe. But uh, Jesus goes on and say, it's if you continue in his word, then you'll be my disciples. So there's a direct connection with uh, the word of God and being a disciple. So don't, don't miss that. But uh, guess how many times someone is called a disciple in the Bible? Or they're called disciples, plural. Um, you probably will not be surprised Uh I don't. I didn't write it on my thing, but I believe it's 230 times. 230 times, people are called disciples, and only twice are they called believers. And so, uh, all of us. Uh, I guess I should say it this way: uh, every disciple is a believer, but not every believer is a disciple, right? And uh, I think that's a good way to say it. Every disciple is a believer. But not every believer is a disciple. So we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. It's by, it's by becoming established. It's by continuing in the Word. That's how we become spiritually mature. And so uh, I'm glad you've joined us this morning. And in, in a way, uh, this Bible hour 
is a, uh, a form of discipleship. Hopefully you're growing in your faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. But uh, our church also has a one-on-one -on -one discipleship, as you know. And uh, uh, that's one thing Pastor Brian said. You know, if you're discipling someone or if you're being discipled, uh, I know a few people in our class are being discipled. Uh, please continue that. Uh, maybe not in person, but you can do it over the phone. You can still uh, find our uh, discipleship forms online. If, if you want to be discipled, you can go to hbfcast.org. And uh, there's a drop-down menu. You can uh, ask to be discipled. Uh, it's, there's 16 lessons. It's probably a 6- to 12-month commitment. And uh, there's 16 lessons, like I said. And, um, oh, uh, Pastor Brian said also you can uh, call the office and request uh, more books. If, if you need more booklets, if you're discipling someone, uh, please please get a hold of the office. So we want discipleship to continue, even though uh, you may not be able to meet in person. You can do it uh, live stream like this, or you can do it uh, over the phone, or maybe you can meet together. So um, anyway, all right, be turning to Acts chapter 6. In verse 7, uh, Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, we're looking at this word disciples. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Acts. And uh, chapter 6 and verse 7 says, And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And uh, I want to stop right there for a minute. The, the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied. D don't miss that. You know, I don't know if, uh, I don't think I've mentioned to the class, they said uh, on the radio that it took 67 days for there to be 100,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the world. Then it took 11 days for uh, another 100,000 to become infected. So 67 days for 100,000, four more days to get to 200,000. Nope, 11 days. And then they said for 300,000, it took four days. And uh, I don't know if uh, that was about four days ago. So we're probably 400,000 worldwide unless it's kind of peaked and tapering off. But my point is, is that uh, just as the coronavirus spread and multiplied and increased, uh, that's not new to God. I mean, God is uh, the originator of this pyramid scheme, if you will. He wants people to get saved and that person to save others. And uh, we disciple them and they reach others. And we disciple them and they reach others. And that's why uh, Paul told Timothy, The things that thou, Timothy, hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou, Timothy, to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so you really have a, a line of believers Paul telling Timothy, Timothy telling uh, faithful men, 
who be able to teach others also. And so uh, this line, uh, this spiritual genealogy and our ancestry, our DNA goes all the way back to Jesus Christ, uh, probably through Paul or one of the other apostles. And so uh, we each one reach one. And that's what I still challenge our uh, class is who is going to be sitting in one of our empty seats because you were faithful to the calling of God in your life. So uh, think about that. The word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied. <clears throat> uh, I'm hearing from my uh, uh, producer, Angie Fleshman, that there's over 600,000 cases now. Uh, and she got that from Kaylee Gorman. So anyway, uh, Kaylee, we are hoping that you uh, and your husband can uh, join us again soon too once we uh, open the doors back up. So uh, so who is a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple of Christ is someone who follows him. In uh, Matthew 16.24, Jesus said, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And uh, I love uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew. is probably my favorite. Uh, I teach it in our HBI. And so Jesus is saying that we need to uh, deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him. That, that's what Jesus did. He... Uh, uh, but but let, let me, uh, you've got another blank there on your handout. This word follow, uh, th- this is really cool. So if you're not listening before, listen to me now. Uh, as Arnold Schwarzenegger said, uh, hear me now and believe me later or something. Uh, so maybe that's Saturday Night Live. Anyway, uh, the, the word follow, uh, not always, but sometimes it's uh, the Greek form is the word uh, probably not going to say this right, uh, mimites, and it's where we get the word mimic from. Uh, you know, probably all of us has been aggravated if if someone repeats everything that we say, repeats everything that we say. You know, so if, if someone is mimicking you, uh, maybe it's flattering or maybe they quote you, but uh, uh, Christ wants us to follow him by mimicking him and walk in our lives as he walked in his life. And uh, that, that's the, what the uh, first John uh, chapter two, verse six says, uh, I've got it on my handout. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. And so we are to walk and to mimic Christ, even as he walked, as he uh, loved and had compassion for others and uh, had complete understanding of the Word of God. Uh, Proverbs tells us that uh, uh, the spiritual man understandeth all things. And that uh, that kind of resonates. I think I read that in Proverbs yesterday, that uh, the spiritual uh, understands all things. And so maybe I'm not, uh, obviously not spiritual enough yet. I don't understand all things. So uh, let me give you something now. If you'll be turning uh, to John again, we were in Acts, so turn to John chapter 6. This is a very uh, sobering verse about disciples. And I gave you another blank there, what to avoid as a disciple. If you are going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, 
Uh, I'm going to give you something here that we need to avoid. I said that we need to mimic and follow and walk like Christ. But here's something that uh, his disciples did that uh, is not good. So look with me. And uh, I'm shaded a little bit now. I'm going to get on my glasses. John 6 and verse 66. This, I think this is the only time in the Bible 666 is a chapter and verse. So John chapter 6, verse 66. It says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Uh, let me read that again. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. There were some people who were continuing in Jesus' word. They became disciples, but things got hard. They got difficult. Uh, Jesus said some hard things, and uh, they were maybe following him for the wrong reasons. They were following him for the miracles or to get fed uh, maybe they wanted their loved ones healed. Whatever reason they were following, once things got tough, they got offended. And so that, that's what goes in the blank there is offended or backsliding or uh, the other Bible word for offended is to fall away. These men, these disciples, they walked no more with him because it got tough. It was not convenient. That uh, Thomas guy had it right they were like the modern uh, Christians in America uh, where they wanted their ears tickled, they wanted to learn some new thing, but they weren't willing to sacrifice and continue walking when it got difficult. And so the thing you want to avoid as a disciple is to fall away or to be offended. And I gave you a verse there, and I know uh, Jim Snowball and maybe others of you are kind of chuckling right now, but Psalm 119 Verse 165 says, The great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If you love God's word enough, nothing's going to offend you. Nothing is going to cause you to fall away. You're going to keep walking with Jesus Christ. So the key takeaway is to love God and love the word of God and love the people of God. So uh, let me uh, get to uh, my third point in my uh, handout here. It's kind of a conclusion. It's, it's the cost of discipleship. And we're already mentioning that, that there's a cost to follow the Lord. And I, I, I gave you the verses on your handout, but let's just read those together. It's in uh, Luke. In fact, uh, let's all look at that. Luke chapter 14. It's right before John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Luke 14 and verse uh, 26 and 27. And then we'll even go down to verse 33. So Luke 14, 26. And uh, do we know how many people is following us right now? Are there several online? Uh, we don't know how to tell. Jim might know, but he's offended that you mentioned his name. <laughs> Jim's offended that I mentioned Jim. It was, it was in a good way, though. So, uh, uh, yeah, Jim, if you can let us know how many you're following right now, that'd be good. Yeah, and uh, we, we, we may even have a uh, uh, guest from another country today. Uh, Michael, if you're joining us, uh, give you a shout out. And uh, glad you're with us. And I uh, hope to meet you in person sometime. 
<clears throat> so, uh, the cost of discipleship, uh, Luke chapter 14 and verse 26 and 27. Uh, you, you would be probably, uh, it's a little bit comical. I'm sitting here in my office at our home. And uh, anyway, th- this week we purchased a, a lapel mic. So we're hooked up to the microphone. I hope you can hear us okay. And uh, even a tripod. We we got a little tripod that my wife's phone is sitting on. So uh, we're kind of a high-end production studio here in our office. Uh, but uh, hopefully it's working. And that, that way Angie doesn't have to sit and hold the phone. But anyway, hopefully you can hear us and see us okay. And uh, Luke 14 and verse 26. And here it says, uh, I don't have a red letter Bible, but I think if you have a red letter Bible, uh, this will be in red. Jesus is saying, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples, my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, or follow me, cannot be my disciple. And so, uh, Jesus is not, uh, just so you know, Jesus is not saying that we should hate our mother or brother or sister. Uh, but in comparison to our love for Christ, it should appear that we hate others. Uh, so we need to, fo- he has to be number one. That is the point. Uh, and Angie's saying there's like 13 people online. So we've got a, a good good uh, class this morning. And I know a few other uh, people uh may have to watch this later. They just didn't have a good Wi-Fi where they're at. They couldn't watch it live. It was too choppy. But uh, anyway, if, if you go down to verse 33 in the same chapter, it says something similar. Uh, 1433. It says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And, and again, that's a hard saying, and it may cause some to fall away. That. You need to forsake everything so you can follow the Lord. Well, uh, in comparison to your love for Christ, it does need to appear that you're forsaking others. Uh, You know, uh, so we obviously want to be a disciple of the Lord, and it will cost us. We need to forsake some relationships and uh, really uh, material goods, things that would cause us, anything that would cause to pull us away from the Lord. Um, he, uh, I'll read you one more from the, the, the Gospel of Luke. In Luke uh, chapter 5, verse 27-28 says this, And after things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And the reason I read that, I, I really like... I told you Matthew is probably my favorite gospel, uh, partly because I teach it. I've studied it more than any other. Uh, Some say that Matthew is the most read book of the whole Bible. It's right at the beginning of your New Testament. But uh, it's really cool to me that Matthew didn't record that. That would seem boastful for Matthew to record that. But Luke included it in his gospel 
that uh, Jesus called Matthew to follow him. And it says that Matthew rose up, uh, he left all, and he followed Jesus. And uh, would to God that would be our testimony this morning that Jesus is calling us to do something. Uh, and really, anywhere, anytime, uh, any place, are we willing to follow him? Uh, Levi or Matthew was. And uh, Luke records that for us. So uh, <clears throat> be thinking right now. I'm going to give you uh, just a little questionnaire. How do you think you can recognize a disciple? And I'm going to give you at least two ways to recognize a disciple uh, from the Scripture. And I'm going to give you another uh, way that I heard that I really like. So if you can uh, maybe uh, text in uh, how you think uh, what you think, how would you recognize a disciple? If you see someone, how do you know they're following the Lord or not? And uh, one is in Ma- uh, John thirteen thirty five, And uh, most of us uh, probably know what it says. Some of us may be able to quote it. But in John thirteen thirty five, the Bible says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. So people can recognize that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ if you have love one for another. And we've really got a good opportunity with this virus going around. We can show love by calling, by texting, by writing, by visiting. Uh, if it's uh, you know safe to visit someone, uh, this is a great opportunity. I'll never forget uh, the time we visited, I think it was Fantastic Caverns, in South Missouri, around Springfield, uh, we took a guided tour of a cave. And if you've ever been in a cave, it's the most darkness you can imagine. Uh, I've only uh, experienced that type of darkness, you know, in a closed room, uh, very isolated, uh, any other time. But when we took this tour on this little, uh, uh, almost a trolley to the back of the cave, there's little individual cars, uh, at the back of the cave, they shut off the lights, and you literally could not see the hand in front of your face, but uh, that was before cell phones, and a lady in, a, in the car next to us, she had a little disposable camera that had a battery-powered flash, and it had a little blinking light, and uh, the thing that stood out to me about that is that I never would have saw that light unless the the lights in the cave were shut off. And I guess I think of uh, this time in our country and this time in the world that it's really dark spiritually. And so our light can shine now more than ever before. And so uh, we need to demonstrate a love for others. And uh, that, that's convicting. That's convicting to me. We think we don't have a time. We got stuff to do. But uh, we can be, people can look at us as a disciple if we love each other. And uh, the second way I put on your handout, so the first one is love that goes in your blank. The second one is uh, the word fruit. If you have fruit in your life, people can tell that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And let, let me read the verse and then talk about it. It's in John 15, 8. It says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, 
so shall ye be my disciples. And uh, I realize uh, some fruit is internal. Maybe I can't see uh, the fruit that you have, the peace that you have. We know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. There's nine fruit of the Spirit, and we can't see all those, but some of it is outward. And uh, the Bible says that that's how we can bring glory to the Lord, and it's by having fruit in our life. And so he left us here to love each other and to bear fruit. And uh, is anybody else commenting any any other ways you can tell to be a disciple? Pam says, looking confident in where my hope and love comes from. Okay, so Pam is saying uh, be, just being confident of knowing where your love and your hope comes from. And uh, I see that in Pam, by the way. She does have a, a peace and a, a demeanor and a countenance that displays uh, faith and hope. So thank you, Pam. Is there any other uh, people? Uh... So... Angie's saying we got a couple prayer requests, but let, let me give you one more. Uh, and th- this is convicting to me, by the way. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and and uh, the announcer, the guy giving a question, he asked, you know, how can you recognize or uh, how do you know you have a disciple? How do you know someone is a disciple of Christ? And uh, th- this is what the pastor said that answered that. Uh, he said, it's when someone is able to make other disciples. You're a disciple when you're able to make other disciples. And uh, that, con- that convicts me. I, uh, I don't have a stellar track record of discipling others. Uh, we, we've discipled a few couples together. Uh, my wife has discipled uh, a few ladies. And I think I've had two or three disciples that uh, go all the way through the lessons but uh, not very many and uh, so how about you how about uh, in your own life what can you say I mean you're tuning in this morning because you desire to be a good disciple and uh, so if uh, I mean I do know people that uh, are able to make other disciples and that that's who we uh, call on to uh, disciple others and so uh, just let that burden you. Uh, you know, Genesis chapter 1, it says that everything produces after its kind. And, uh, you know, you don't know this maybe as well as I do, but I know that our daughter is a lot like my wife. And in, in a way, my wife discipled her at being a young lady and a mother and uh and that work continues. And so, uh, does God want to reproduce people like you, I guess? That is the question. Uh, maybe uh, we know God can be trusted, but can He trust us? So he, God, God left us here. He saved us. He wants us to make disciples like Him, not like us. But uh, So we need to be able to uh, make disciples. And uh, I'm going to give you a quote now. And I, I left, it, I put it on your handout. This is uh, kind of some cl- concluding thoughts, and uh, we'll have prayer here at the end again. But uh, I think uh, I know where I got this, but I think I originally seen it as this is from an African pastor. He had this uh, uh, 
this quote, uh, perhaps he wrote it, I don't know who wrote it, but he had it on the inside door of his house so that he would see it as he left. And uh, let me just read this to you. I'm going to get a drink. It's a little bit long, but uh, I don't know if you can follow along as you're watching or not, but I, I printed it on the handout I sent. It says, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, look up, or no, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame vision, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaids, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience, live by prayer, and labor by His power. My face is set, my my gulf is my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way rough, my companions few, my guide reliable and my mission clear. I cannot be bought, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. And... uh that uh, that that should get all of us uh, motivated to share our faith this week, uh, man. Would to God uh, we should uh, frame that and post that on the doorposts of our house. So uh, let let me give you uh, some final thoughts. Uh, I don't know if there's any comments about that, but I really like that. Uh, and it says it's anonymous, but uh, I heard it was from an African pastor. Uh, as I watched the news this week, uh, they interviewed the CEO of a hospital. He had got the virus. And uh, it turns out he took, he took the virus home. He had a big, big family. And this was on Fox News uh, one morning this week before I went to work. Uh, since I work for a pharmaceutical company, uh, we test medicines and produce uh, clinical studies and package goods. We, we, uh, my job is still essential, so I'm still uh, able to work, and so I'm thankful for that. But uh, anyway, this CEO uh, the uh, Fox News uh, anchor uh, asked him, he said, "How did it make you feel to give this virus?" To your family, and of course, uh, 
he was pretty upbeat, but he said, you know, it, it just really made him feel terrible. Uh, of course, he didn't know that he had the virus, and uh, he didn't know he passed it on, and his family forgave him, and they were healing and doing better. But, you know, you, you think about that, because uh, Jesus actually, he gave the greater condemnation to the Pharisees and the leaders of Israel because they not only were uh, rejecting Christ and going to hell, he, he said, when you make a, a, a proselyte, when you convert somebody, you're making them a twofold child of hell. And I, and I thought about that because, uh, uh, you know, Angie and I have two children, and I guess we knew we were passing on the curse of Adam, that uh, they would be born sinners, even though uh, they're innocent when they're young. Uh, there's a point of departure where they they will, willfully sin. They no longer sin by nature. They sin by choice. And so, uh, in, in essence, we're bringing uh, condemned people into the world, and we don't know if they're going to believe. We don't know if they're going to follow the Lord. We don't know if they're going to become disciples. And uh, Angie and I are so thankful that they are and that they chose uh, Christian spouses and that uh, uh, even a couple of our grandchildren have made the decision to be saved now. So we're thankful for that. But uh, I, I want to give you a, a quote here in, in passing. Some of you remember in the 80s a guy named Dr. Spock. And uh, ironically, uh, Dr. Spock, he uh, wrote many parenting books on how to teach and train your children, uh, even though he did not have any children of his own. But uh, let me give you a quote that he said later in his life. It says, Benjamin Spock led the way among child-rearing professionals in instructing parents not to discipline their children. He said that doing so would damage children's ego. Later in life, he realized that he had made a mistake, and he said this, We have reared a generation of brats. Parents aren't firm enough with their children for fear of losing their love or incurring their resentment. This is a cruel deprivation that we professionals have imposed on mothers and fathers. Of course, we did it with the best intentions, we didn't realize until it was too late how our know-it-all attitude was undermining the self-assurance of parents. And uh, I don't know if you you heard the word in there. He said uh, he encouraged parents not to discipline their children. And the word discipline is a derivative of the word disciple. If you're going to be a disciple, there needs to be a certain amount of discipline in the Bible says that God chastens or He disciplines all His children. He, he says if you're without chastisement, you're a bastard and you're not a son. And so God disciplines His children. We should discipline our children and make them uh, disciplined people and disciples of Christ. And so uh, as we study and think about discipleship, uh, what does one look like? Are we able to make disciples? Do we have love? Do we have fruit in our life? Uh, have we counted the cost? Are we easily offended? Are we going to fall away? Or are we going to love the Word of God and not be offended? Um, 
what what will happen when you and I are squeezed even tighter? What uh, right now uh, we have food in our house, we have toilet paper, <laughs> we have uh, really everything we need, and so uh, we're not being squeezed too hard yet. But what is going to come out of you when you're squeezed? Uh, I I put, I really plead with you that whatever's on the inside is going to come out. It's going to be revealed. Whatever's inside of you, your heart attitude, uh, if there's anger or bitterness or resentment, if there's unforgiveness, all these things will come out when we're squeezed. And so uh, we need to get right and stay right so we can have love and fruit in our lives. And uh, one of the... Uh, I don't even know where I heard this, but I told it to... Uh, one of the folks in our class just the other day that uh, when this coronavirus is over, I want to be on the right side of history. Are we going to, you know, stock up? Are we going to get all the guns and ammo? Are we going to hide out? Are we going to buy generators and gas or whatever it is? Or are we going to love people, have fruit in our lives, continue in His Word, uh, what, what's going to come out when we're squeezed? Are we going to be on the right side of history? Are we going to be able to look back and said, uh, Lord, by your grace, uh, I was faithful through this uh, time of trial. Um, my, my last thing on my handout, we've only got five or ten minutes and then we'll uh, pray. But uh, I said that there was 230 mentions of the word disciple in your Bible and uh, but there's only one in the Old Testament, and I gave you that verse. Uh, it's in the book of Isaiah, and uh, this was in Isaiah's ministry, and this is uh, what he wrote in Isaiah chapter eight and verse sixteen: "Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples," and so. Uh, that's just kind of my concluding thought is to bind up the testimony. We've, uh, I think he's saying, you know, hide God's word in our heart. Uh, seal it within your disciples. Uh, you know, when I talk to our pastor, Brian, uh, a lot of time, just, just his conversation, he mentions the word of God. He, he uses the Word of God in, in many uh, of his conversations. And if that's what's sealed inside of you, then it will come out uh, as we're squeezed. And so we need to bind up the testimony and seal God's law in our disciples. And so let me, uh, uh, if you want to send any prayer requests, I'm going to read a couple right now. And... Uh, our producer is giving that to me right now. Uh, uh, Pat Lee desires prayer for his son and his daughter that uh, God would draw them closer to Christ through all of this. And so uh, they're, they're kind of on the peripheral and uh, Pat's a good dad and he, he has a burden for his children. So we want to lift up uh, Jackson and Rachel by name. And uh, Pam Jackson has a daughter in California, and uh, evidently she has the, the virus, and she is uh, still not recovering from that. So Pam, as a good mom, wants her uh, daughter to be healed and 
And uh, there's even a request from our friend. Uh, he asked just for the prayer of the salvation of his soul and that God would heal the world. And so uh, Michael is maybe uh, still struggling with his own salvation. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you can't see it from where you're sitting, but right now from where I'm sitting, I look out my window and we have a magnolia tree in our front yard. And it's every every year right before Easter, uh, this tree blooms. It, it has uh, pink and white flowers. And it's really, really pretty, but it's only for about a week. And uh, I was going to have you turn the camera and look at it, but we, we won't do that. Uh, but right now, uh, they're pink. You know what? We, we got uh, five minutes. I'm going to turn the camera and see if you can get it back. Hold on. I'm going to turn it here. And I don't know if you can see. Uh, I'm going to walk over. See all the pink and and white uh, blossoms. This is. Uh, let's see if you can get that focus back. You can see on that though. Anyway, uh, that's a magnolia tree and. Just as I, I, I think of that, I think of the resurrection, I think about Easter, and uh, Easter is the 12th day of April this year, but uh, but um, the, the Jewish Passover begins on April 8th, and that's a time that they uh, recognized when the, the uh, Israelites were brought up out of Egypt, and the death angel passed over, the whole nation of Israel was saved, by God through the blood of a lamb. And uh, I see this uh, pink tree. And uh, we do have another prayer request just from uh, Rebecca for her son, Tayton. And, and what? For her and Tayton. And uh, for herself and for Tayton. So we want to lift up you, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us this morning. We love and miss you. And uh, look forward to seeing you again. But... Anyway, as, as we think about uh, the resurrection, it comes up two weeks from today, the, the Easter celebration here in, a, in America, but the Passover on the 8th, I think that's uh, next, next weekend. But uh, we think, uh, you know, it really goes against nature to think about raising from the dead. That, that doesn't happen naturally. And so we as Christians, that, that is the key, they call it the keystone in the arch of Christianity. It's what holds Christianity together because no other founder of any other religion has ever uh, raised from the dead. There, there, there's an empty or there's a, a gravestone with bones or ashes in it uh, from Muhammad, the founder of Islam, uh, the founder of Confucianism. Uh, uh, Confucius. There's a grave somewhere where his body is still at. And uh, it's that way uh, for every uh, false god and every false prophet and every false religion has a gravestone except for Christianity. 
And uh, in November and December of last year, I actually visited the empty tomb where Jesus' body was laid just a few hundred yards from Golgotha where he was crucified. And uh, the, the disciples testified of this, and I can testify to this, that it was empty. The grave is empty, and Jesus is alive, and that's what makes Christianity different from any other religion. And uh, by faith in Him and asking Him to come into our heart and to save us from our sins, we confess our sins, we believe in our heart, uh, God can save you. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so uh, you need to do that if you haven't done that already. That is the gospel truth. Just as my magnolia tree reminds me every year of the empty tomb, and it's just for that short uh, week or so time, uh, and then all the flowers fall off and it gets leaves. But uh, you can be saved today, brother. You can be saved, sister. And uh, God can change your life. And then you continue in His Word and you become His disciple. So believe, uh, receive, and ask Him into your life and then follow Him in His Word. So let me uh, pray for those. Uh, let me make mention of this too. That um, at 10.30... Uh, Pastor Brian is going to live stream our main worship service and I'm going to turn on my computer here and uh, watch it on our computer at our house from our home and uh, I encourage you to do the same and uh, I asked Brother Jim to post that link on the Journey webpage so uh, after I'm done speaking and praying here in just a minute Angie's going to kill the phone uh, kill the live stream but uh, you can click on that link and watch our Pastor Brian as he preaches to the whole church body this morning. So uh, I love you, and uh, I've talked to many of you. If, if you have a need that I can help you with, or a church can, uh, my wife can, uh, please let me know, and uh, maybe I'll send one of our deacons or uh, at least tell Pastor Brian. And If nothing else, we will at least pray for you that God will help you. So let me uh, pray right now. And then uh, when I'm done praying, I'll have Angie kill the feed. Let's, uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I do uh, come to you in prayer. and Lord, we believe that you hear and you answer prayer. You, your Bible says that your eyes are upon the righteous and your ears are open to their prayers. And So Lord, look on our hearts this morning and hear our prayers, Lord, whether they be spoken or just uh, in our prayer life Lord to you hear us Father we uh, petition you on behalf of Pat Lee's children Lord we lift up Jackson we lift up Rachel we know Rachel's had some medical issues uh, Lord I pray you'll use uh, the circumstances of her life to bring her and uh, into a believing relationship with you as she uh, is concerned for her own health Lord we Pray you use the doctors and nurses. Help her to see your good hand in her life. Help Pat to have that uh, word fitly spoken in due season that he can minister to her. And Lord, for Jackson, as uh, Pat's burden for him to be discipled, I, I know he believes in you. And yet, Lord, he's uh, drawn away with things from uh, college and just uh, the distractions of life. And so we lift up Jackson Lee to you and... Uh, as well as his mother this morning. I lift up Natalie to you. And so, uh, Lord, just be with uh, Pat's family. And, uh, Father, for uh, 
Pam Jackson's daughter is uh, she actually has the coronavirus, Lord, and her life kind of hangs in the balance. And uh, Pam is burdened for her, and so we just send a long distance prayer to California for Pam's daughter, Lord, that uh, she will sense your presence and uh, come to a saving faith in you if she has not already. And uh, so, Lord, uh, just comfort Pam as it's really outside her control, Lord. You are the great physician. And, uh, Lord, I pray her body be made whole. And, uh, Lord, for uh, Rebecca Wilbur and Tayton as they're uh, in their home watching this morning, I uh, we just love them, Father. We know you do, too. And uh, we love her dad so much, uh, for Rick. And so, Lord, just uh, comfort Rebecca. I pray you'll continue to provide for her uh, and Tayton. Uh, Lord, I pray you'll help them financially. I pray you'll help supply them with uh, the food and the clothing and just the necessities they need. And even more than that, Lord, help them to know uh, their need is uh, for you is even greater than any physical needs that they have. So just burden them to uh, walk with you and not fall away in these last days. And, and uh, Lord, for uh, Michael, as he uh, contacted us from uh, a different continent, Father, uh, I know i am been in touch with Michael, and so, Lord, I just pray for him right now that you will meet his needs as he's staying with his brother, and just uh, finances are very unsure, and they don't know if they have enough food, and and so, Lord, uh, help him to uh, cling ever even tighter to you than than ever. So, Lord, uh, if he's not truly saved, I pray you'll just give him that peace that passeth all understanding. We we do uh, believe in you. And uh, uh, let me just uh, pray a prayer of salvation right now before I close. If if that's your desire and you're watching, uh, maybe you're unsure of your own salvation and this coronavirus has helped you see the reality of uh, your own mortality. Uh, it was 28 years ago in March uh, 13th that I received Christ and uh, I just prayed a prayer like this, and if you do believe in Jesus and you want Him to come into your life and save you, uh, just pray something like this. And my prayer won't save you, but if if you uh, if you do business, if you mean business with God, He will do business with you. And so let me uh, just pray a prayer like I prayed 28 years ago. Just say something like this. Just say, uh, "Dear Lord, I am a sinner." And I, I am sorry for my sins. I, I do believe in Jesus. I, I believe He was born of a virgin. I believe He lived a perfect sinless life. And He was crucified through no fault of His own. And I do believe that He was raised from the dead. It was supernatural. I do believe He's alive. I do believe there's an empty tomb. And by faith right now, I ask Him to come into my life. Save me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender all. Lord, uh, help me to be a good witness for you. Help me to become a disciple. Lord, help me to... I believe your word, but help me in my doubts and my unbeliefs. Lord, come into my life and uh, change me. Give me that peace that passeth all understanding. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close now, but... uh...
If you've made a decision for Christ, please let me know. And if we can help you in any way, we'll try to do so. God bless. Until next time.